And welcome back into the Swarmcast. A quick little recruiting one. Uh, myself, David Eichel, along with Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Uh, and just before we really get started here, I want to remind you that we have 60% off an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com, just over $3 a month for literally a couple hundred pieces of Hawkeye-related content a month. Become a true Hawkeye Insider today for all the latest news, scoop, analysis, and discussion. Uh, that you crave. But Sean, it seems like there's been not much moving on the needle of recruiting, but it seems like over the past couple of weeks, some news is finally starting, uh, starting to happen. Yeah. And the big one on Wednesday night too, Waukee three-star wing and top Iowa basketball target, Peyton Sanford announced that he will, he will announce his college decision on October 1st. Obviously, as I mentioned before that he's been a top target for Iowa ever since they offered and he's been the top guy on the board um, for the longest time. And, like, really only one of the guys they're actively recruiting as of maybe last week in the 2021 class. It's really – if Iowa lands Sanford, um, it's really tough to see right now who they could go after in 2021 um, if they get Sanford in the fold. Maybe a big man would probably be the most likely situation, but I think with Josh Ogundele, um being back in the United States, I think – the rush to get a big man in this cycle um, isn't as big as it once was. Because, I mean, obviously you had Trey James who went to Iona instead of Iowa, one that was really – what many uh, people I've talked to that are close to Trey being like almost a miracle how that happened or how he didn't end up at Iowa. I wouldn't say miracle, mm-hmm. but it really surprised – really, really surprised a lot of people. Um, so, I mean, if, if you can get a guy like Sanford in the fold, I mean, I have my crystal ball in Iowa right now. Um, I just feel like the dead period was huge for them. No AAU, nothing. I think if Stanford would have gotten the normal exposure on the AAU circuit, then I think this offer list could have been a lot more interesting. And plus, I also think that he would have been able to go look at some of the schools like Stanford. I mean, he took an official visit to Utah last October, really liked what he saw there. But I think at the end of the day, um, what's going to be a big deal for him is staying close to home. And I think Iowa, Minnesota, Drake offer that. Um, but right now I have my crystal ball in Iowa, and rightfully so. Yeah, I think Iowa's really put, you know, the full court press on Peyton. And, you know, from I think what you've written in some of your analysis, the way Iowa want, would like to use him would be a C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp type role. And I think that's pretty appealing to him, especially when you look at how he'd fit into Iowa's offense. And who knows with the future of, uh, you know, Joe Wieskamp. I mean, he might like to try to – begin his professional basketball career if he has a big season and if Iowa has a big season. So, you know, Peyton might be able to step into a, a pretty significant role as a, as a younger guy. I mean, probably he'll be behind Patrick McCaffrey. I assume he'll get the starting nod after. Uh, but you got to think that's got to be appealing to him as well, Sean. Right, and he can play both, like, the two, three, or four spot. I think ideally at the next level he plays the three or four. Um, because I believe in Iowa's offense, those positions, depending on who's out there, are kind of interchangeable. Like, say him and Keegan Murray are on the, on the court together. Like, those guys can switch off. They're mm-hmm. both pretty plus-size rebounders, good rebounders, um, can make things happen from the perimeter, obviously. Like, both sets, both of their strengths is shoot. And then, two, you add in Patrick McCaffrey as well. Those are, like, three guys that can kind of interchange at that 3-4 spot. So, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. Um in terms of his recruitment, 
Um, I know things seem to be, the dust seems to be sitting a little bit, and he really seems to be focusing. I mean, a month ago when I went to go, when I went to Ankeny to see him at Kingdom Hoops, he really wasn't focused on the recruiting process. But you could definitely tell that there was kind of a, kind of a way in his head where he, or thing in his head where he was kind of like, I know I need to like make decisions coming up. Like I know I got a big decision coming up and I need to make it soon. Um, but he really didn't seem to be in a rush or anything. That's kind of the kid he is too. He's got a lot going on. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, just be, just keep an eye out for October 1st because that's going to be a big date. And I'll say this too. I know we we've talked about this a few times, but it really is unfortunate for, you know, guys like Peyton and in recruits across the country, the fact that they will not be able to officially visit schools. I mean, uh, because they NCAA extended their dead period, I believe through the end of this year, January 1st will be the earliest when uh, things go quote unquote back to normal and who knows what it'll look like then. So, you know, it really is kind of a, it's a scary situation for a lot of recruits, I think. And I think like you said, Iowa should feel pretty good just based off the attention they've given Peyton and really um, just like you said, that close to home factor. And so, so we'll have to keep an eye out on October 1st for Peyton to announce his decision. Uh, you know, he he's held offers from where Sean Drake, Stanford, Minnesota, Utah, are probably the five primary schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say those are the primary schools. So be sure to keep an eye out on that. And like you said, and, and by the way, I want to plug this too. Sean put out a tremendous 2022 uh, basketball recruiting piece for our VIPs yesterday, over 2,000 words, in-depth, everything you need to know. Um, so again, 60% off there. And, you know, it, I think that 2022 class will be incredibly interesting, especially if Iowa only does like to take one one person to 2021 class. Uh, but another guy, Sean, on the football side of things you know a lot of people are wondering about um nebraska native tight end 2021 tight end james carney where iowa kind of sits with him right now i know he picked up an offer from kansas state last week nebraska is still kind of kicking the tires around but you know obviously scott frost has you know more important issues um going on in his life as his father larry uh tragically um passed away last week so obviously our thoughts and our thoughts and prayers are, are with the Nebraska family there. Um, but, but give us the latest with, with uh, James Carney. Yes, things right now seem to be down to Iowa, Kansas State, Nebraska. But, I mean, I give the top to Iowa and Kansas State right now because being the first two Power Fives to offer um, is really significant. Nebraska's really been kind of dragging him along, it seems like, over the past couple months. And I don't know, man. I think in terms of just the way Nebraska he. When I talked to James, I think he was really – what he was really appealing to him was the possibility of going to a place like Iowa where he's the one tight end in the class. I think that's a lot more intriguing to him than, say, going to a place like Nebraska. If they end up offering, that would have three tight ends in the class. Now, there's a possibility that he could switch to the defensive side of the ball if he goes to a school like Nebraska, but I think his, his mind's kind of set on playing tight end. Um, so right now, I'd say Iowa and Kansas State are the top two. Those two schools, I've been told, have been just constantly on them, talking to them every day, um, continuing to form that relationship. And, I mean, he's got a decision coming up, too. I believe he wants to make one around mid to early October. Um, so, I mean, Nebraska, I know, like we said, has a lot of other stuff going on. But if they want to make a move, I think they got to get in here pretty quick because 
Carney seems to be really set on Iowa and Kansas State right now. I mean, I know he's keeping his options open, talking to a couple other schools. I believe Virginia Tech's one of them. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to these regional schools. And I know we've talked about Iowa's tight end tradition, how successful that's been. But I think with Kansas State, you got to look at the relationships here and think about it. Like, too, I think Manhattan, where Kansas State is, is closer to first Nebraska, where Kearney resides, um, than Iowa City. So mm-hmm. that's definitely going to play a factor. And I think the relationships, too, that he's built with the Kansas State staff is longer than the one that he's had with Iowa. But Iowa's done all they can here in the past few past few weeks, especially. They've really picked it up with him. Been one of the first schools power five schools to reach out along with Nebraska when Carney's stock seemed to be really emerging this summer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think at the end of the day, the two schools in the best position right now are Kansas State and Iowa, even if Nebraska offers. And Sean's done a tremendous job for us on HawkeyeInsider.com, giving our VIPs the latest information, especially, like you said, surrounding uh, James Carney, who I think you know, probably would have gained some offers had he been able to travel this summer. I think he's made tremendous strides in his game, and I think he'd fit in well uh, with the Iowa offense. But I think if there's one thing Iowa does not need to worry about, it, it's going to be tight end. They, they do find a way to get guys. They get some high-end guys. I mean, you look at Luke Lachey in 2020, look at Elijah Yelbert in 2020 as well, and they thrive on getting those under-the-radar guys like Sam Laporta, who I think is going to – be a big, big breakout guy in the Big Ten this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, But, Sean, moving forward to probably our last topic. Again, this is just a very quick-hitting recruiting podcast. Um, 2022 top 247 safety slash defensive back Xavier Nwankpa uh, from Southeast Polk is definitely emerging as one of the top uh, secondary uh, players in the country I know you've had the chance to speak with him in person and, and scout him a few times I mean he, he's he's as good as advertised and uh, his recruitment is starting to starting to turn up as LSU officially offered him a couple of days ago so what's the latest with with Xavier and give us a mini scouting breakdown of him yeah so I'll give the scouting breakdown first I've seen him I believe two no it's my first time this year um was last Friday against Valley and I saw him a couple of workouts over the summer and like you said, Dave, like he's a true 6'2", 6'3". I'd say he's probably around like 190 now. Put on some good weight from last year. Um, guy that can get downhill and really deliver a hit. Um, really good in coverage. He's still pretty raw here and there in some some areas. But I think overall, the overall body of work, like the upside that he has with just his athleticism and everything else he offers is just too good to pass up, even if you're a program like LSU, who's put so many defensive backs in the NFL. Um, but as far as recruiting goes, I mean, LSU was a big offer. Ohio State, obviously, like those those types of offers are going to get attention from prospects. But I think you got to look at here. Wonka was a guy that strike or just talking to him. Not a huge, just not a big hype guy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like kind of a down-to-earth kid that really is looking for the right fit rather than the program, like the program's name. 
Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's one that teases on Twitter, like, because he's got guys like Caden Proctor, his teammate at Southeast Pole, four stars lineman, who's a highly regarded guy. Um, and he knows a couple of commits from other schools. I think Penn State commits he's pretty close with. Um, Iowa commits, obviously. So I think you're going to look – at the end of the day, I think with Milwaukee, you're going to have to look at relationships more than that name that name of the program. I think that's where Iowa's in a good spot right now because they've been involved with him as far back as his recruitment goes. I mean, Iowa State and Nebraska were the first ones to offer. But Iowa, man, like the targets or the commits that he's tight with, the in-state push, like he's probably the top target on the board in 2022 because of his ability and just how talented he is. Um, so I think in terms of just his offer with expanding, I think he's going to take a look at some of those bigger schools whenever the dead period extends. But I think before people kind of freak out about him going elsewhere, you got to see where he visits first and how mm-hmm. many times he gets back to Iowa City, how his relationship keeps him back, or how his relationship is with the Iowa commits. I mean, I talked to him on Friday, um, and he said Brody Brax obviously has been on him for a while. Jordan Oladokun has been starting to talk to him a bit, and Arlen Bruce, who seems to be a really convincing kid um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, has been playing Xbox with him as well. So those guys have certainly been talking up. And like we said before, just be in state poll for Iowa or something else. And if they keep putting, if they keep putting these guys in the league, then – that's going to help them with a guy like Wonkpa, who's really looking at that NFL factor. And two, I think you got to realize this. I mean, Iowa's got a pretty young defensive back room right now, I'd say. But I think if you get a guy mm-hmm. like Wonkpa in the fold, maybe he's not an immediate guy right away. Maybe he is. But he's a guy maybe year two that could be just a full start, like a big-time starter, I think. If he gets that right development, if he gets yeah. kind of things set up just because he's so dang athletic and is able to make plays, like, no matter what. Like, he's a guy that I think could come in maybe right – maybe year two or maybe later in his freshman year and make a difference because he's just that talented. So, there's a lot of factors that are going into it. Longfoot doesn't really seem to be in a rush with anything. He's looking to make a decision before his senior season. So, probably if – I mean, if we get those – if we get the official visits that we got – not this past year, but like a couple of years before, then I think that could yeah. be really telling of where things stand with him. No, and you're exactly right, Sean. I mean, like, I think you summed it up pretty well. And he's a heavier hitter than I thought, too. I mean, he, he, he he's definitely does not shy away from any contact. He's a playmaker all over the field. And you're right. I think he's a guy who can step in most programs across, across the country and probably make some sort of good impact in year one. He'll probably be an all-American caliber of a guy. Um, so that'll be something to watch. And really quick, Sean, before we wrap this up, this is now on the recruiting trail, but I think with it being breaking news, we should probably address that John Rossi of CBS Sports uh, is reporting, according to sources, the ACC Big Ten Challenge is moving forward with a plan that will be played on campus, and the current target date is December 8th and 9th. Um, Frank McCaffrey was on a podcast earlier uh, today, that was released by Blue Ribbon Report. Highly recommend it. Some really good insight, I think, there. And he he basically said the same, that the ACC Big Ten Challenge will be played. Was not so sure about the Gavit games. Um, but, look, Iowa could be getting Duke uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I don't know who else probably be a contender. I mean, we, we all know we want to see Wisconsin-Virginia. Uh, it's just a beautiful brand of basketball, I would think, Sean. Uh, 
Maybe they get North Carolina, but I mean, when, when do you expect, Sean, that Iowa's probably going to get an upper tier ACC team, if not one of the top two teams? Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool if like they get a Duke or um, North Carolina. Um, I haven't really looked at the ACC and how it's going to be this year, but I mean, those two teams at the top of my head obviously are going to be able going to be able to compete year in and year out. And I think having a big brand program um, coming into Iowa City or wherever they play. Um, would be a pretty big deal. I mean, we saw it a few years ago when they went to North Carolina and they got that win. Um, that was a big deal to the program and big deal to the fan base. So definitely one of those two programs will be a lot of fun. Florida State, I think, could be a contender as well. And I think something else too, Sean, really quick, is remember Iowa did play North Carolina in that a few years ago when Marcus Page was there, Mike Gazelle was there, Am Woodbury was there, and Gazelle made a play with about a minute left to really kind of seal the deal, kind of lay up and got fouled. So Iowa's proven they can't compete on that stage with some of those bigger teams. But, again, that's just breaking news, Sean Rothstein. And it's good news for Iowa's non-conference schedule. So it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, how that kind of shakes out. But I don't expect too much change from Iowa's non-conference schedule. They weren't going to be in one of those – preseason tournaments they are going to host their own and probably have some lower tier teams but when you play in the Gavit games the Big Ten ACC challenge you play Oregon State in neutral court I mean you probably need a couple of those by gimme games especially when when the season is is shortened um, so that, that's kind of how I would anticipate that breaking down but again Sean appreciate all your recruiting insights uh, you've been all over at HawkeyeInsider.com 60% off an annual subscription so stay tuned for all recruiting news again October 1st Peyton Sanford will be announcing uh, his college decision and again 60% off so be sure to take advantage of that deal that will be running out here sometime in the very very near future Uh, so hop on that and again thanks for listening thanks Sean Bach David Eichel here HawkeyeInsider.com see you next time